Hey, thanks for tuning in to the EWB podcast. In light of the birth of my son, I was thinking about giving myself a good amount of time away from the mic. However, as a podcast that's issued more episodes about basketball than there are total listeners, I would be doing the remaining faithful a disservice if I didn't talk about the passing of Kobe Bryant. In the coming weeks, I'm hoping to do some more joint episodes with other contributors to hear their feedback. However, in the meantime, I thought I'd do my best to share some prepared, uninterrupted thoughts. So here we go. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Well, hold up. Haven't we done this shit for Paul Walker already? Once upon a time, there was a young basketball player who had dreams of becoming one of the greatest basketball players of all time. My name is Kobe Bryant. I'm 17 years old. With the hunger, the motivation, and the desire to be the best possible basketball player I could be. Rotation of Bryant. Buckle up for Kobe Saturday, the day after the tribute to Kobe at Staples Center. It's been six days after finding out the news, and to be honest, I am still shocked. I remember the days after finding out I was too scared to open my browser to any sports outlet or listen to any podcast in fear of needing to face it and accept its reality. And the truth is, I can't say that I'm necessarily as heartbroken as others, more on that later, and the fact that Kobe's retired now means that his passing shouldn't really affect how basketball is going to shake out in the future. So I wasn't really sure why everything hit me as hard as it did. I think eventually I did find solace in the fact that many others felt the same way. And at some point I did begin opening up ESPN and athletic articles to read about the reflections and stories about the great Kobe Bryant. And while I do have thoughts on the legacy and how everyone has revered him now that he's gone... What I can say is that I appreciate how people writing, podcasting, and speaking on TV about their experiences with Kobe are clearly a healthy way of grieving. Now, as any uh, good EWB listener would expect, there are always positives and negatives in any episode, uh, whether I'm reviewing sports or movies. Usually, I enjoy saving the negatives for the end because it's more fun that way. But in the case today, we will end on the positives. Now let me address the biggest elephant in the room. Kobe was a Laker, and I'm a Warrior fan. I'm just kidding. The elephant in the room is he was accused of rape. And as most things involved with the rich and famous, the case settled outside of court. I can see how in a time where he is being hailed as a god, it becomes extra hard for victims of sexual assault and rape to stand by silently. It's something that will mar his legacy, and for the purposes of this episode, I will leave it at that. I also find this outpouring of support of the so-called Mamba mentality now just absurd. Outside of legit Kobe fans, who in their right mind actually would objectively want to identify with the philosophy coined by an athlete based off his own nickname alliterated with another word? 
what seems even sillier to me in all of these stories, trying to paint him as a human, trying to connect with people, a lot of them involve him reaching out to random celebrities and everyday people and complimenting them on how their work reflects the Mamba mentality. While the sentiment is nice, the idea is as absurd as me calling up random people in the fashion industry and being like, hey, great work with the dress you designed. Your ethic really represents the principles of the Wang Bang Way. I'm also a little confused about the outpouring of love for Gigi Bryant. Not to say that she's undeserving, it seems like she was going to do some amazing things, and I can see how Kobe's relationship with his daughter set an, an amazing example for other parents, especially those in what we would view as a very, very masculine pr uh, profession. Side note, the shit that Marquise Morris Sr., uh, or I'm sorry, Marcus Morris Sr. said this week after the Knicks game is absurd. And for those of you who think all male athletes give women the respect they deserve, this probably is a reality check. But going back to Gigi Bryant, I had never heard her name before her passing, and outside of the Lakerland community, was she really that big of a fixture in our lives that she needs to be revered also? Bottom line, it's sad. And anybody who was there and helpless to protect their child in their last moments is probably one of the ultimate tragedies. But for people to be involving themselves in Gigi Bryant's life and putting her on some pedestal that she only made it on because she passed... Isn't this a little insulting to her memory? Okay, enough of the negatives. On to the positives. Kobe in a vacuum was an unworldly talent. I'm sure Google can tell us all his stats, rankings, and all of his accolades. But let me leave you with this. He led a team that started Smush Parker, an injured Lamar Odom, Luke Walton, and Chris Mim to the playoffs. Outside of maybe Lamar Odom, does anyone remember what the other three contributed to the NBA as players? For reference, the Warriors of the 2019 and 2020 season team now start two former All-Stars in Draymond Green and D'Angelo Russell, and we are the worst team in the league. Sure, Kobe's going to be remembered for his rings. Let's not forget how he made Laker basketball matter when the reality was he could have been forgiven for being on a shitty team. Again, see Warriors 2019-2020 season. Of all things he accomplished, that one season to me really stands out the most. Now regardless of his team's talents, he has always been fun to root against. Not only was he the villain that was always trying to be better than my childhood idol Michael Jordan, but he ran his mouth against other players and even his own teammates too. Now during Kobe's relevant years of basketball, these were the years that me and my peers were also maturing ourselves. So in our naive youth, the confidence and the accountability of greatness from others uh, came off as off-putting and immature to us. Which is why any victory against Kobe seemed like a victory for the good guys. And hey... I don't want people to think of this as a reach, but wasn't the height of insanity when he led the Knicks to a win over the Lakers right after Kobe said he had no idea what insanity was about? Wasn't this the perfect story, the underdog overcoming the ultimate villain? Now, as Kobe got older and as I matured, his positives did begin to shine through. The work ethic, the commitment to the game's fans, and eventually the desire to improve others around him, both Lakers teammates and younger generations alike. 
these are all things that I think any adult in the working world could support. One thing that's always moved me is how he talks about the moment you've made it. And I promise this is the only quote I'll read. Kobe said during his number of retirement ceremony, those times when you get up early and you work hard, those times you stay up late and you work hard, those times when you don't feel like working, you're too tired, you don't want to push yourself, but you do it anyway. That is the actual dream. I'm glad in my adult life I've been able to mature enough to appreciate this. And really, what makes the whole Kobe Bryant experience moving was the fact that I felt like I matured with him. And I was really happy that in his final game when he dropped 60 on the Jazz, I was, for once, cheering for him wholeheartedly. Which brings me to the tribute at Staples Center and on ESPN. Okay, I lied. I am ending this with some negatives still. As far as the Charlie Poop See You Again song goes, that song is already reserved for Paul Walker. I've already shed my tears to that song when Dominic Toretto was talking to hologram Brian O'Connor. In the age of so many musical talents, I don't understand why we are going back to that well twice. I'm indifferent to the Usher singing Amazing Grace for 15 minutes, and I, and I thought that LeBron's speech was a bit overrated, though for the record, I still applaud him for gathering himself to do it, but I don't think he actually had a written script that he was supposed to stick to. I will say the cellist accompaniment to the Kobe monologues was unique, beautiful, and incredibly moving. And after a week of the world handling the shock, reflecting on his life, devising various ways to pay tribute to him, the opening tip was had, and the last two teams took their respective 24 and 8 second violations to honor him. We all could finally finish grieving, exhale, and continue playing basketball. So thank you, Kobe. I'll think of you every time I feel like playing hero ball, or when I'm working on this podcast late at night, or when I'm yelling at my coworkers to be better. Rest in peace, Mamba. EWB out.